1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: What is going on guys? Welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys after the dust has settled on the 2019 NFL draft. Decided to wait a bit to let the dust settle on the undrafted free agency frenzy. See if a few more names popped up so we can kind of gather everything together. But we're here. Wrapping up what the Panthers did on day three and a little bit of what they did in the undrafted free agency period. So we'll kind of wrap up the entire NFL draft. Like I said the other day, it's hard to believe that we spent all these months looking at these prospects and just anxiously waiting for the draft. And it, it feels like in a matter of moments, the draft is here and gone. And now it's full speed ahead. Obviously not much gonna go on now. You'll have the rookie minicam coming up soon and then OTAs, but gonna start getting into a a bit of a down period as we close out April and get into the month of May. But we're gonna recap what the Panthers did on day number three in the draft. It started in round four as the Panthers decided to double dip at the uh, outside linebacker or defensive end position since you figure this guy will certainly help in uh, pass rushing, and that was Christian Miller, the edge defender, defensive end slash linebacker out of Alabama, the number 115th pick overall. Um, Miller is an interesting prospect. Miller definitely had production during his time at Alabama. He, He was a Especially in his senior year, he was he was a good force for the or for the tide, I should say, uh, getting a few sacks. I think he had about eight eight and a half sacks in uh, 2018, uh, and that was playing in 14 games. He only started four of those games, though, but he did play in 14 games. He unfortunately though missed the national championship with an injury, actually uh, a hamstring injury, and that's also been part of. Uh, a, a decent part of his college career was injuries. He's also dealt with a biceps injury at one point during his career as well. So, uh, not just the production that that's and that's probably the main reason why Miller. You know, because I, I saw a lot of people really got uh, Josh Norris for example. I saw a, an immediate tweet when the the pick was made, and he was very happy with the pick. This is a talented player that probably would have went a lot higher had it not been for all those injuries. But to get him in the fourth round, if you can keep him healthy, I think he's a, a solid, a very solid addition to the pass rush group. And that's probably more. And it, it, I, I also listened a bit to the Draft Network. Those guys, they they talked about Miller a little bit, and I, I think it was Kyle Moore in particular that feels he's more of a pass rush specialist, kind of similar to what we discussed with Marquise Haynes. And, you know, now it's going to be interesting what what they do with Haynes as well. But, you know, we'll get into that at, at some point or another. But Miller, again, a, a lot of production, a lot of, a, a lot of strain. He looks very athletic. He's got good size, 6'3", 247. Again, it's just a matter of uh, all those injuries that he recovered Again, he, he missed ten games in two thousand seventeen, so if he can show that he has a clean bill of health, I, I really like him uh, getting a few snaps a game. You know, I don't know if he's gonna he may not be a big time contributor here in year one, but he could definitely be definitely be part of the rotation, you know, give guys like Brian Burns or Marrow Addison, give them a couple snaps off, let Miller get in there, especially on third downs and just kind of let him get after her get after the ball. Ben Solak brought up a good point too as well that this is a Panthers team now that really wants to get after the quarterback with just four. And it, this also has to do I think with the potential shift to the 3-4, you know, just getting extra linebackers in there, you know, so it's going to be really intriguing and it, I think this also kind of sets you up. I, the, the Panthers I think definitely have the personnel to to be very scheme versatile as well. You know they they don't necessarily have to stick to a four three or stick to a three four. I think they have the ability to mix and match there. So I'm going to be really intrigued now how they line up their fronts, how they line up their backers. It's 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 going to be it's going to be fun to watch. I think with all these pass rushers, but you know I, I kind of thought maybe they could go safety. Uh, Amani Hooker was still on the board. Uh, keep in mind Con- uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was not on the board at this point. He was one of the first picks of round four by the New Orleans Saints. So he was off the board, but Monty Hooker was still on the board, but they decided to double dip at the edge position. Then you get into round five, and the Panthers do indeed grab their new running back. We kind of expected that they would go running back at some point in this draft as well. And they decide to go with Jordan Scarlett, the running back out of Florida, five foot eleven, two hundred eight pounds. Uh, started twelve games last season, seven hundred seventy-six rushing yards, with uh, almost six yards per carry. So very productive in that aspect. And he caught ten passes for eighty-four yards. Uh, there definitely seems to be a lot to like from Scarlett. He's a uh, he's very very versatile. Very good in the rushing game, and you saw him a little bit in the in the receiving game. The big knock on him, of course, was if you remember that credit card fraud case that uh, that bit Florida. It also brought down guys like Antonio Callaway, who's now with the Browns. Scarlet was one of those players that ended up being suspended the entire season for that. For that credit card fraud, but he bounced back. You know, again, almost 800 yards in 2018 on the 131 carries. So nice, nice bounce back for Scarlett. Uh, and you know, I, again, I like the size, 5'11", 210, So really going to be fun to watch him. I, I think him and Christian McCaffrey can uh, can be a very good, very good duo in this group. And then at that point, they had originally only had one pick left. That was number 187, but they decided to trade that pick and ended up picking up another pick in in this draft. So they did end up getting a 7th rounder. So they traded 187 to the Denver Broncos for pick number 212, as well as the Broncos' 7th rounder, which was number 237. And so then with that... Number 212 pick, they decide to double dip at the offensive tackle position as well. And they went with Dennis Daly, the offensive tackle out of South Carolina. Six foot five, 317 pounds, 23 starts at left tackle for South Carolina. And that's the only position he's played. Uh, they're probably going to mix him around a little bit, but. Uh, this kind of now furthers what the Panthers can do at the offensive line. They they knew they needed depth at that position. So very on board with them double-dipping at the offensive tackle position. And like we talked about before, don't rule out the possibility of Taylor Moten kicking back inside to guard, having Darrell Williams at right tackle, and putting Greg Little at left tackle, and then Dennis Daly now could be your swing tackle. So it's going to be, it, it's going to be interesting how they do it. But I think it's again more solid, more solid depth for Daly, or for the Panthers for that matter in the sixth round. But Dennis Daly, the sixth round pick, and then with their final pick in the seventh round, number two hundred thirty-seven, they go with Georgia wide receiver. Terry Godwin, Godwin, 133 passes, 788 yards and 11 touchdowns in his career by or for the Bulldogs. And interestingly enough, he, like Kyler Murray, obviously not as high, but similar to Kyler Murray, he's now been drafted in both the NFL and the Major League Baseball draft. He was drafted in 2015 in the 33rd round by the Atlanta Braves. But productive receiver, uh, obviously, you know, maybe not as high, maybe not as decorated as Riley Ridley, who went in the fourth round of the Chicago Bears. But uh, a solid weapon, you know, good, good possibility for the slot, 5'11", 184, so.
0: Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+.
2: We know they did just bring in Chris Hogan, but this probably adds a little bit of uh, competition in that aspect. But uh, in the seventh round, you're really just looking for talent. You're just trying to find good players, just trying to find players that will help your team. And Godwin, they're hoping, is someone that can that can be that talented player that just comes in and just makes the team better. But overall, uh, I think you have to like what the Panthers did. You know, they didn't come away with a. Sa- excuse me. They didn't come away with a safety, but uh, Marty Herney kind of talked about that. He just said the board really didn't fall the way the the way they kind of hoped to in terms of getting a safety. In fact, let's look at some of the notes from their transcript. So. Let's first talk about, first they mentioned him about Christian Miller being available in the fourth, and they mentioned how he says, quote, he was a guy that we have been talking about for a while. He's an excellent football player, had eight and a half sacks and around 400 snaps last year. I think, you know, he's been going through a hamstring. He went through a hamstring early in the offseason process. That might have contributed some to him being available to where we picked him, but we are really happy to get him. He's got length. He knows how to rush the passer. He can dip and bend. He just makes plays. And as you can see by his stats last year, he's a really good football player. He'll help rushing the passer. That was one of the things we wanted to do was address that, and I think we did that in this draft. And absolutely. Look, the Panthers obviously realized they were aging in the defensive end position with. with Julius Peppers retiring and Mario Addison on the wrong side of 30. So they addressed it and then some with Burns and Miller. Uh, So he's very, they're very intrigued by it. Uh, They actually talked about Miller being asked if he'd be limited to one position and Rivera said, no, I see him doing both. I guess referring to both outside linebacker and defensive end, which again, Miller has a little bit of experience on both. Uh, they they talked about doing the three and four man fronts like we discussed earlier. How and I think again they can be very versatile. And Rivera notes that they were actually in their nickel package seventy percent of the time. And let, let's face it, you know, just as a side note on the nickel that's really becoming. If you go, and obviously you guys out there watch football, you you guys know this, but you know for some of them that may not realize this as much. It really starts to feel like nickel is becoming more of a base package. You're seeing a lot more teams run nickel more and more and more. A lot lot of teams are running it more than 50% of their snaps. So at this point, the Panthers just have so many players that they can just kind of mix and match. And, uh, you know, the goal, hopefully the goal here is just to use these players Uh, as best suited as they can be. So it's going to be really fun to watch what they do here. And then here they they talked about the safety markets. Herney says, quote, We are always going to look at every spot to see. and It's just some drafts. It's just the way the draft is falling. And sometimes you go in, just like last year, if a running back had fallen to us, we would have taken one. This year, if it fell right and the safety was there, obviously we would have taken one, but it just didn't work out that way. We don't play tomorrow. You're never going to have all your needs filled. So you're just always looking, and we have some guys on our football team that we think can compete and do a good job at safety, but we are always going to be looking at every spot, not just safety this year, a running back last year, that's the key. Every day you come in and try to use all avenues to try and improve your football team, unquote. And then they talked about George Scarlett and the maturation, again, going back to the credit card fraud, but Herney just really was impressed by the way he's been growing as a person. Uh, openly admitted or I should say that he talked about how they talked to pretty much anyone down in Florida and they love the kid and one of the most well liked players on that team it, they just agree it was a mistake and they see that Scarlett has matured and I'm excited to watch this duo uh, getting into it so that's the draft class and then The undrafted free agency process, Uh, Draft Network actually, you know, thank goodness, very, very great that they have this, a undrafted free agency tracker for every team, and right now there's only two names listed for the Panthers, one of which I'm very excited about. There was a lot of love for this guy. It's another running back. You guys have certainly heard of him, I think, by this point, and that's Georgia running back. Elijah Holyfield, of course, the son of Evander Holyfield. Uh, There was a lot of love for Holyfield coming into this draft class. I think his combine really hurt him, though. He didn't really run that well at the combine, but his skill set is very good, and to come in as an undrafted free agent, I think he's going to be hungry. He's really going to compete hard, Uh, so... Really going to be intrigued between him and Scarlett, what they do with these guys, especially mixed in with uh, Cameron Artis-Payne and Reggie Bonifin. I, th- I think you've got a solid group now among the running backs in Carolina. And then Utah safety Coryon Ballard is the other name that they have listed on here. Uh, I'll admit I don't really know really a lot about ballard so i'm just going checking his profile here on nfl.com so he came in at six foot three 205 pounds uh 32 and a quarter inch arms nine and seven eighth inch hands uh didn't run at the combine so no numbers there so those i'm guessing are from either his pro day or or somewhere else but if we look at his player bio uh, on NFL.com, so I'll just read it right from here. So, again, credit to NFL.com. Ballard is yet another junior college transfer success story for the Utes. He shared the Conference Defensive Player of the Year award his sophomore year at Blinn College, where he had three interceptions and eight pass breakups before transferring to Salt Lake City. He had a starting role in 10 of 13 games in his first year, collecting 45 tackles, intercepting two passes, and breaking up two others. Pac-12 coaches voted him honorable mention all conference after his senior season as he started 13 of 14 games and showed the versatility to line up six times at free safety and seven at strong safety. Ballard posted 70 tackles, four for loss, one interception, and seven breakups in 2018. So he's got a little bit of versatility, but the overview from Lance Zerline Long shot safety prospect with good measurable but bad instincts and feel and coverage. Ballard is physical and has NFL plate strength but takes highly questionable paths to the football in both the run and passing games. While he could be in line, for special teams considerations, his tendency to bust and give up plays will be hard to get past. And that kind of echoes, I talked to Shane Hallam a little bit too about this guy and that's... Similar to what he told me, he said, as I look him up, he said, Big hitter and great size, but his football IQ is super low, bad angles, slow to react, etc. So this just sounds like somebody not really going to get a lot of competition at the safety position from my guess. This sounds like he's just more of a special teamer. maybe somebody you can... Uh, you can put on the kickoff or uh, punt teams and just let them get after the returner. Uh, but it doesn't really sound like he's somebody that's unless you can really develop him, it doesn't really sound like somebody that you're going to play a lot of snaps on defense with. Uh, but overall, and again, this is why I waited until today to see if the dust settled, see if there was any more names. But right now it is just those two as far as undrafted players, Elijah Holyfield and Corian Ballard. Uh, but again, overall, I like what the Panthers did in the draft. I am certainly on board with them double-dipping at defensive end and at offensive tackle. So o- overall, they, they come away with some good, good players. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting now to see how all these guys mixed it get mixed in you know how many snaps are they going to give brian burns out of the gate how is christian miller going to going to factor into the pass rotation and again offensive line what do they do with greg little what do they do with taylor moton uh so a lot of questions to be answered and uh we'll, we'll do our best to keep track but like i said it's going to be fun to watch how they uh mix and match everything how's the defensive front going to look you know, are they going to stick at the four three? Are they going to mix in some three four? Are they going to keep running nickels? It's, it's going to be there's a lot to a lot to discuss, a lot to to figure out here. And luckily, there's a lot of time between now and week one against the Rams to figure that out. But like I said, overall, I, I don't think you can be too upset with the with the Panthers' draft. They get their pass rush. And they get their pass protection. That was really the biggest, the biggest needs I think. And they got their backup quarterback. You know, Will Greer, pick number one hundred. You could do a lot worse at the uh, at the backup quarterback position. So they they filled their needs. Well, most of their needs. Again, they they really didn't hit on safety. But again, it's just the way the uh, like Herney said. It's just the way the board fell. But so I think that'll wrap things up. Well, actually, what I do want to do quick, though, too, because we're all nuts here, and they've already done one. Let's go back to the draft network, and let's look at Trevor Sickema's way too early 2020 mock draft. Yes, drafting never stops. I want to check out quick who they have the Panthers taking, and then just maybe a couple notes from the full draft. But um, And remember, this is... When they did this mock draft, this was based on the uh, the Super Bowl odds going into the season. So the Panthers wound up with the 13th pick in this draft, in Trevor's mock draft. And he has them going offensive tackle again. He went with who is looking like one of the top offensive tackle prospects coming into this college season. And that's Walker Little out of Stanford who was the co-freshman of the year in the Pac-12. Obviously an interesting pick after not just drafting Little, but now drafting Dennis Daly, so taking two tackles. But again, the future of Darrell Williams is kind of unclear. He could leave after this season. You never know. Let's look into deep into the future. Let's say they do get a guy like Little, and Darrell Williams decides to leave. Well, then you could put Greg Little at left tackle. You could put Walker Little at right tackle. You could have Taylor Moten at guard. I mean, you're starting to build something there. I I mean, again, this is way way too early. Uh, We're just doing this because, like I said, we're all nuts. I mean, let's face it. At this time last year, when they were doing early 2019 mocks, nobody had Kyler Murray in their mock draft. And I don't, I don't think he was in mock drafts, period, because remember, we didn't even think he was playing football. We thought he was going to go, go play baseball. We thought he was going to play one more year football at Oklahoma and then head to Oakland to start playing in the athletics organization, and then all of a sudden he wins the Heisman, and then he realizes he can have a career in football, and now he's the number one pick in the draft. But uh, a lot of these players... A, a, Some of these players will likely end up in the first round. I mean, again, the flip side to all those mocks last year, Nick Bosa we knew was going to be a high pick. Ed Oliver we knew was going to be a high pick. Cleveland Farrell, like all these defensive players, Rashawn Gary, they all still went pretty high in the draft. But in Trevor's early mock draft, he has Walker Little to the Panthers at number 13. Uh, I'll just run through real quick some of these picks. So he has... The Dolphins with the number one pick, and he goes with Chase Young, the defensive end out of Ohio State. So, yep, another uh, young defensive end. Well, no pun intended there, but another strong defensive end coming out of Ohio State, likely going to go high in the draft. And he mainly does that because, obviously, now the Dolphins probably don't need a quarterback unless Rosen completely bombs out. But as it stands right now, the Dolphins are pretty set on quarterback now that they've got Josh Rosen. Then he's got the Cardinals at 2, taking Jerry Judy, the fantastic receiver out of Alabama. And then you start getting to the quarterbacks. Raiders at 3, take 2, Otungo And I, I actually worked on that yesterday. I, started, I went back and looked at the pronunciation, and there's actually a video from uh, a couple of years ago, like one or two years ago, I think, when he... I think he was still coming out of high school, and he gave the pronunciation himself, and it's tongue, like you know your body part, the tongue. O, Viola, Tungo Loa. So better start getting used to saying that name because there's a good chance that he's the first quarterback taken in next year's draft. And Trevor hasn't gone to the Raiders, and then Justin Herbert to the Bengals at four. Laviska Chenault, the wide receiver, to Colorado at. Uh, to the Bills at 5, and he's got CeeDee Lamb, the Oklahoma receiver, to the Jets at 6. Raekwon Davis, a guy that we thought was going to come out of school this year to the draft, likely going to be a very high pick next year if he keeps up his production.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: That's the Lions at 7 and 8. Trey Smith, the Tennessee offensive lineman to the Redskins. Uh, But he's the one, remember, that uh, has those blood clot issues. So there's obviously some health concerns as well. And then Grant Delpit, the safety of LSU to the Broncos at 9. And then rounding out his top 10, Grant Calcaterra out of Oklahoma to the Tennessee Titans. So that's his... That's his top ten. Uh, you can check check it out on the draft network. He has a full first round mock and a way too early, as he put it, 2020 NFL mock. But again, the pick he has for the Panthers is at number 13, Walker Little, offensive tackle out of Stanford. So that'll do it. That'll that'll basically wrap up the draft. And now we'll just start getting ready for the offseason and the uh, the preseason stuff, and before you know it. We'll be getting ready for the Rams. And again, still in the works trying to get that uh, series started. It, it's almost going to be like, I, I think I describe it too much in detail that I almost confuse myself. But it's more or less going to be like the crossover Wednesdays we do during the regular season. We're just going to do it in the offseason. Uh, we'll just kind of preview the teams and what they've done so far in the offseason. So starting to get that sort of set up and hopefully it... At some point later this spring or this summer, we'll get that got, get that out for you guys. Uh, but in any event, as always, really appreciate the support. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Bill underscore R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And follow the podcast on Himalaya and wherever you get your uh, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, it's on there. And until next time, I am out of here. And we will see you next time on LOP. And until then, take care, everybody.